Hello, my name is Zachary Trailer, and you are listening to Morning Voice, A Political Journey, episode number 12, The American System. I'm going to talk about the second and definitely less, least known of the three figures I believe our economy needs to be based upon, this one being Henry Clay. A congressman, secretary of state, three-time presidential candidate. Henry Clay embodied everything that the American people sought in his time. Yet he, he was known as the great compromiser, able to bring the northern and southern parties, uh, parties and interests in the country together through the expansion westward and manifest destiny. He was able to help balance the western uh, concerns the railroads, slavery being a major one. He was also able to balance the northern interests of high tariffs, the industrialization and eventual uh, creation of our uh, of the early stages of our market in Wall Street, while at the same time balancing the agricultural and, unfortunately, slave-owning uh, factions in the South. He did this. He 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 did this through several methods, and while the central bank failed as Americans have never been a fan of a government capable of controlling their money. And though we eventually replaced it almost 100 years after the Second Bank of America failed, we replaced it then with the Fed, a semi-government-owned private entity that is owned primarily by bureaucrats and, to be frank, the oligarchs themselves, Chase, Morgan Stanley, all of these companies have shares and say in how the Fed is run, with the American people being secondary. While they aim to try to keep inflation at a steady 2%, they ignore the simple fact that when our money continues to become worthless, we incentivize incentivize consumerism to a hyper extent. While yes, we need it so that way our economy can grow, if it's only growing by 2%, the same rate as inflation, that's a stagnating economy with green numbers to make certain people feel happier and a way to help redirect the wealth from one side to the other. There's no other reason they would do it. Henry Clay's economic system, the one I support and have modernized for our current society, is one based on internal improvements, creating real industry within our country, and using the money that we get from these to help expand our infrastructure. Now, this sounds like a tall task for sure. However, when we mix it with what I've been saying for a while, it is nothing but a stepping stone to our final, to, to accomplishing our visionary 10-point plan. This Henry Clay is bringing together the infrastructure that I preach, though while he was thinking of roads, many of them tolls, I'm looking for a private partner, a private public partnership with someone such as Brightline or another, uh, maybe a North Carolina based company that's looking to grow and has the expertise. But Brightline has been shown to work and I am fully in support of a regional uh, company like that growing and becoming becoming very successful, especially if it means bringing real jobs to sister states and our own state. Um, he preaches creating real industry and making sure that we develop. During after the War of eighteen fifteen, uh, he fought to help the um, he helped uh, help fight to make sure that the textile industry was able to boom in the north as cotton increased in the south. Though the reason cotton in- increased was due to slavery again with its own problems, but that was a different time. 
The fact is that he helped create real American jobs. He used that to then fund the North. Sadly, here in North Carolina, we fell victim to the Southern plantation owners and their preaching of agriculture and slavery forever, uh, including listening to someone as, as late as the 1960s, segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. The, the, we, we followed those, those sorts of people and those blind leaders um, and left our state to rot because of it. If we would have helped support Henry Clay's position in the American dream, we could have had uh, a vibrant economy. Because North Carolina is in the mid-Atlantic and not a deep south state, we did benefit from some of it. Simply looking at Fort Bragg and Fayetteville as an example, because we grew because of government intervention and because of I-95, uh, we're now developing I-295, we developed because of the infrastructure projects that were created under Eisenhower, but came from hundreds of uh, over 200 years ago from Henry Clay himself. When he talks about making sure that our jobs are are uh, secure and that we have a strong industrial base, I'm asking for having a strong blue-collar uh, work. I want to make sure that we have the construction workers to make the infrastructure. I want to make sure that we have the uh, timber, uh, the lumberjacks to fill our timber industry, and I want to make sure that we have the the more regional and, and family-owned farms to take care of our, um, our, our hog and chicken industry rather than having Smithfield and Tyson take over the whole the whole state. I am very much upset with what's happened there in the last 50 years. And this goes, he, Henry Clay developed part, part of his ideas from his, from his ideal or the idea of the time of Jackson, uh, Jeffersonian nationalism, which was small town, which was small farmers capable of producing most of what they need. And then we have uh, smaller industrial bases to provide for our luxury and more mechanized needs. Now, I believe that that, got, that is too far, but I do believe we need to make sure that if you have a single family home, let's encourage having farms. Let's encourage, or not farms, but but gardens to produce more than just flowers. Let's let's grow some, something that can help uh, help you, help your family, or maybe help contribute to a community farm. This is something that Henry Clay has pro- has proposed and was successful, and we are still seeing two hundred years later the ripple of that hope that he had. Ohio, the Northeast, and much of the Midwest developed under his plans and his American system. And today I want to talk a little bit more about Henry Clay specifically. And I know he's a historic figure, but I believe we need to talk a little bit about him because he has his pros, but he also has his cons. Like any politician, he has many... He, 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 he was corrupt. He, he was corrupt for his time, uh, in the sense that he had he sold his votes in the eighteen twenty four election when he was running, so that way John Quincy Adam could win over Andrew Jackson. You can make your argument whether it was a moral decision or not, and likely John Quincy Adams could have won because it was running into the because of the way the Constitution was, it was heading to the House of Representatives since no one won a clear majority. And while yes, Jackson had some advantage, it was the outgoing House, the one primarily made up of. National, uh, Federalist and Nas- Federalist and National Republicans, those sympathetic to John Quincy Adam, it's very likely he would have won regardless. But he sold that in exchange for a Secretary of War. Why did he do that? He believed that it was his moral duty to play the political game. He saw the harm that Jackson was destroying the Second Bank of America, causing the bank crisis, uh, the bank, the panic of. 1837 and 1835, he saw many of the woos. He saw the Indian removal as something that would be harmful, and it has leading to many racial issues that we still have to this day. 
Henry Clay sold, him, sold his soul that day because of that. Many years later, in 1850, he helped lead, and one of the main reasons he's called the Great Compromiser, besides the, compromise, the Missouri Compromise of 1824, was because he held the Union together for 10 more years. His act was very controversial, and it allowed slavery to persist within the country. But it also allowed the North to in- increase its industrial output and be able to fight the mechanized and are the first glimpse of a modern war. And that's something that if it had happened in the 1850s, the South may have had an advantage because the industry, while still powerful in the North, wasn't as powerful as it would be 10 years later. He tried to find the middle of the road. And while he had to do it with a very morally apprehensible subject, it is something that we need to learn from today. He was a slave owner. However, he... Set, he, he let his slaves go upon his death, if I'm not mistaken. He saw it as a necessary evil because if he didn't have them, he wouldn't be able to sustain his life in politics, which is a fair, fair point. It's not, not one that I agree with, but it's one that I can understand for his time. And this man's thought that the best thing we can do is try to, if neither side gets everything and we both come together, maybe we can find a solution. And beyond the, beyond the issue of slavery, he did succeed when it came to balancing the needs of the working class and the, agri- and, and the farmers. He found a good balance on, in, in, on tariffs. He found a good balance on how, what we needed to do. He also made sure that whenever we developed an industry, it came back to helping the people. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about Teddy Roosevelt's policy, and I promise I won't be doing a biography on him. But I did think it was something we needed to talk about. Because while Henry Clay has many, many red, red marks in his book of life, as do many, his do run deeper. However, I believe he was a product of his time and he did what he thought he could to save the country. I hope that more people can understand that and take what we can from it. I hope to not be the great compromiser, but I do hope and I do promise to compromise and find that middle ground where needed. I won't compromise on things such as life and death, but if it's what tax rate to have and we're arguing over the details of a 1% or a half a percent, we can find a middle ground. And I refuse to let the government, I refuse to ever vote to shut down the government or postpone a budget in exchange for pork pork belly spending in three counties. I refuse to stand by and compromise so that way teachers get paid less so that way large companies can get paid more. I will compromise when it comes to the working class, trying to have kitchen table politics and deciding where to draw the line. There's a lot of gray area and it's our job as politicians, as people, as neighbors to just sit down and try to figure out where we think that gray, gray area should be and how to navigate it. Vote trailer for 44 next November.